Welcome to If Numbers Could Talk. My name is Keelan. If Numbers Could Talk is a part of the Thinkering Group. You can find us over at thinkering.space. You can also find at Thinkering Space the Thinkering Talks podcast, the ExoFathom podcast, along with the Plank Talks with Joe. When you get a chance, please check out our merchandise. We have merchandise on our website, thinkering.space, as well as merchandise at teespring.com slash thinkeringshop. Please visit, grab a t-shirt, grab a mug. We'll appreciate it. And when you do, feel free to let us know that you've decided to become a member of any of our fan clubs. Here at If Numbers Could Talk, Today, we will be going into the biggest game of February, according to the NFL. Today, we will be going over things a little differently, however. We will not be talking about player attributes much. We won't be comparing player stats. Who was your number one? Who has the most catches? Who has the most yards? Oh, no. most Those things come up as we talk about these players. Most of the players that we cover and that will be covered in the future are either on their way to the Super Bowl, they've been to the Super Bowl, or things of that nature. And once in a while, we'll be able to discuss the numbers, the statistics behind the players. But today, let's discuss some of the numbers, some of the statistics behind the game itself. If you don't know what game we're talking about, we're talking about the Super Bowl the only big game that matters to any football player from Pop Warner to high school to college, semi-professional, even if you want to play an NFL, uh, excuse me, if you want to play in the Canadian Football League, everyone wants to get to the NFL to play in the Super Bowl. That is what everyone plays this game for. But let's get into a little bit of background. See, background, like how that changed. In 1902, the Super Bowl was not called the Super Bowl. In fact, in 1902, it was simply the tournament East-West football game. In 1902, at that time, the NFL was going and they didn't have a lot of rivals. There weren't many uh, other leagues that came close uh, in talent. There weren't many other leagues that came close in terms of popularity. It was in 1923 that the Rose Bowl was created. The Rose Bowl was created in 1923. It was the first of the bowl games. In 1935 followed the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, and the Sun Bowl. And in 1937, we got the Cotton Bowl. Did you see a trend there, the bowls? So by 1937, we had the Cotton Bowl. So by 1937, there was the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sun Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl. And easily to say, over the years to come, football and the bowl games became synonymous. It was in 1966. It was in 1966, however. Oh, I'm sorry. Jumping too far ahead. It was in 19... 60, that the AFL versus the NFL game commenced. 
the AFL versus the NFL game came in 1960. It was in 1960 that the AFL had finally rose to a level of popularity, had a level of talent to which they would have a team to compete versus the NFL guys. So it was in 1990, I mean, excuse me, 1960 that the AFL-NFL game began. But it was six years later in 1966 when Lamar Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, he coined the term Super Bowl. He said it in one of their larger meetings. It kind of took on a, a personality of its own. Now, everybody didn't like it. Everybody didn't go along with it. Everyone wasn't excited to take Lamar Hunt's idea of calling it the Super Bowl. But it just kind of made sense. I mean, at the time, the super bouncy ball was popular and that was a thing, super, right? So super attracted people to it. And then you have the bowl games that was synonymous with football. It just made sense. So it was in 1990, I mean, excuse me, 1966. Oh, I'm stuck in 1990s, aren't I? It was in 1966 that the Super Bowl name came full circle. However, it was in 1970, 1970, when the name Super Bowl and everything we know today really came full circle or began. I'll get there. In 1970, the Roman numerals for Super Bowl, for the Super Bowl were official. That was the that was what they were going to go with, with the letter five being V. Up until that point, it was just one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. There was there was nothing to worry about, or there was no uh, big concern. However, in 1970, they decided to go with the Roman numerals, with the exception of Super Bowl 50. With the exception of Super Bowl 50, that one was literally just 5-0. But let's get to the trophy, the Lombardi Trophy, right? Well, the Lombardi Trophy wasn't always called the Lombardi Trophy. It was originally called the World Professional Football Championship Trophy. And the game was originally called the World Professional Football Championship, the AFL versus the NFL game. That was the full name of the game. So you had the World Professional Football Championship Trophy. And it wasn't until 1970, after Lombardi died, after he had also won the very first two Super Bowls, as the Green Bay Packer head coach, that is when the trophy was named after Vince Lombardi, who also died of cancer right before that. So I don't think he ever uh, got to see his name on that trophy or got to know that there was a trophy named after him that till this day is named after him. But um, let's think about this. There is one major trophy given out every single year in the NFL. That trophy is given to the owner for having a great team, for its team making it. That trophy is given to the owner with the exception of the Green Bay Packers, the exception of the Green Bay Packers. That is a community owned team. So it is given to the CEO or the president at the time, which is the person who would make the same type of decisions that an owner makes. The Lombardi trophy is 22 inches and seven pounds, and it is made by Tiffany and company. That is right. Every single year, because there is a new trophy every year, every team gets to take home their trophies. Unlike many other sports, there is a brand new NFL Lombardi trophy made 
every single year. And it is made by Tiffany and Company. And um, also something I learned while doing my research, the trophy that we see them with down on the field, that is the real trophy. That is not a replica. That's not just a stand-in or anything. However, it does not have the engraving yet of the teams that play. It does not have, of course, the final score or who won. It only has the NFL logo on it. And I believe the name of the or the number of that particular Super Bowl that they are competing in. Interesting. I was I always wondered how that went. Like, so do they send it back? That's exactly what they do. They send it back after all the celebration and stuff. So over time, however, there's not just been one trophy design. There's been one primary design. Um, the trophy is like I said, 22 inches, seven pounds. It sits upright as if um, for, you know, the place kicker holding or in a place kicker set for a kickoff. That is what the Lombardi trophy looks like. However, the way it has been designed or the things that have been engraved on it is what has changed over time. Let me explain. Originally, the trophy had the AFL and NFL logos put on there at the exact same time. That's all that was on there is the AFL, NFL logos side by side. And that was the trophy, the championship trophy. It later changed to only having the NFL shield on it. A little bit later, that NFL shield was then frosted. So that was the change. And now currently there is a new shield, which is the shield we all know of. Uh, the, it's a little more colorful. It's still frosted. It has a lot of things going for it, I guess, aesthetically. Um, but that is the, it, there's been four different types of trophies and no team has all four of the teams that have won. Most teams have three. Most teams have, uh, it, well, all the teams who have about three or four have all three of the four different types. I don't think many teams have the AFL, NFL ones. However, I'm sure a lot of the teams who have the AFL, NFL ones may not have the newer ones simply because of the era switch. Now, we're talking about one of the largest games shown around the globe. I mean, globally, they say it's in the billions, but nationally it's about a hundred million on average people watching the super bowl but who airs the super bowl and how many times have each of these networks got to air it i found in 55 super bowls only four networks have have shown or aired the super bowl in 55 super bowl only four networks have aired the super bowl and they're not major cable networks these are all your basic networks your stations that you're going to get, and from my knowledge, every uh, city in the, in the nation. And those are ABC, Fox, NBC, and CBS. ABC has shown the Super Bowl seven times. Fox has shown, shown the Super Bowl nine times. NBC has shown the Super Bowl 19 times. And CBS has shown the Super Bowl 21 times. Now, with the exception of CBS, NBC, Fox, and ABC are all already scheduled to have a Super Bowl in the upcoming future. Um, well, actually, Fox's was this year. So NBC and ABC still have theirs coming in 22 and 23. And then I'm, I'm guessing there's a new CBA or something of that nature. I was not able to find that information. However, again, ABC has aired the Super Bowl seven times. Fox has aired the Super Bowl nine times. NBC has aired the Super Bowl 19 times. And CBS has aired the Super Bowl 21 times. 
Now, again, on average, on average, sometimes it's higher. This year it was a little lower. I was actually surprised that it was lower than the average. But on average, 100 million viewers are watching the Super Bowl in the nation alone, not counting abroad and uh, internationally. Now, how many times has each team won the Super Bowl? Remember, there will be a portion here where we talk a little bit about players uh, and name a few names. But this is about the teams. This is about the Super Bowl and the teams that made it. What are the accolades of the teams when it comes to the Super Bowl? So let's go with what teams have won the most to the least amount of Super Bowls. Now, there are two teams who have won six Super Bowls. They are tied. The two most winningest teams in the, in the, of the Super Bowl are the Patriots and the Steelers. The Patriots and the Steelers each have six Super Bowl victories. I'm not going to do Super Bowl losses or appearances. Again, those things kind of come up as we're going through a lot of the players down the road. The Cowboys and the 49ers have five Super Bowls total. The Packers and the Giants have four Super Bowls each. I'm sorry, and it was the Cowboy Niners have five each as well. The Raiders, the Washington football team, and the Denver Broncos have three Super Bowl victories each. For two Super Bowl victories, we have the Ravens, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Colts, and the Dolphins for two Super Bowl victories. And for one solo victory in the Super Bowl, we have the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Jets, the Saints, the Bears, and the Rams. Now, that is not all of the teams. There are teams with no victories. Every team has made it to the NFL Super Bowl at least once in its tenure. So I have to name the teams that have zero victories because every team has been. So here are the teams that have been, however, have lost all of their appearances, even if it were one. The Cardinals, the Titans, the Falcons, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bills. None of these teams have won a Super Bowl. However, all teams in the NFL have been to the Super Bowl. So when we start breaking those numbers down, I really got interested after breaking down the numbers of who had how many, who had none. Um, I got really interested in margin, point differential. How many games were won by a margin less than a field goal or a field goal? How many games were won by a touchdown? Or even an extra point after making the touchdown? Anything more than that, you probably didn't have much of a chance down the line, right? Not necessarily true, but on average, looking at the way these point totals played out. Let me explain. Now, it was really interesting the way this turned out. And then you look at also the breakdown of the divisions. Now, remember, we started with AFL and NFL. Later on, that turned to AFC and NFC to create the NFL. Now, before we get to that point differential, let me show the AFC has a total of 27 victories in the Super Bowl history. 
And the NFC has a total of 28 victories in Super Bowl history. There has never been a draw. There has there was no draws, not one draw. No 0-0 scores, no 21-21, no 55-55. There has been no draws in Super Bowl history. No ties to break. However, in this point differential, it looks a lot like the conference differential. So there were seven games of 55 that were won by less than a field goal. There were 19 games, if you include those seven of 55, that were won by a touchdown or less. And there were technically 27. However, one game, there was one game that you would have had to also to tie it. All of these games are to at least tie. You would have had to at least, at minimum, score Touchdown and an extra point in at least one game, giving us a total of 27 games that were won by a margin of eight or less. 27 Super Bowl games won by a margin of eight or less, which leaves us with 28 Super Bowl games won by a margin of nine or more. Nine or more. In fact, It was in 1990 where we had the largest margin of Super Bowl history. 1990, the largest margin. That margin was 51. I believe that margin was 51. I could be slightly mistaken, but I believe that margin was 51. And here's why I believe it. I researched. (laughs) I don't know what you guys thought I was going to say there. Um. But looking at these point differentials, you understand that every team that makes it to the NFL uh, Super Bowl isn't per se prepared to go against their opponent. Some teams actually just get broken down all the way leading to the Super Bowl. And when they make it, they have nothing left. Some teams are just juggernauts. Some teams make it to the Super Bowl and they steam through the next year and they steam through maybe the year after that, just because those teams are built to last that way. And time and place pays off for them sometimes. That, that's really just how sports work. Sometimes you're in the right time, in the right place, at the right time, and you get the right things done, and you go down in history, and maybe I get to talk about you one day. But in the Super Bowl, there is uh, one guy who usually walks away, with the exception of one year. But typically, there is one guy that walks away with the extra trophy, not just their own trophy that says they won a championship, but with the MVP of the Super Bowl. Some guys get to walk away with that. Now we're going to start with positions. By position, how many players have had certain, or uh, or, excuse me, how many players in each position or certain positions have won? Let me explain. Let me tell you who those people are. Let me tell you which positions have the most. Now MVP by position. There have been 31 total quarterbacks to win the NFL Super Bowl MVP. 31 quarterbacks of 55 games. Seven running backs have won Super Bowl MVP. Seven wide receivers have won Super Bowl MVP. Four linebackers have won Super Bowl MVP. Two defensive ends have won Super Bowl MVP. 
There have been two safeties as well to win the Super Bowl MVP. One cornerback in history has ever won the Super Bowl MVP, and there's only been one defensive tackle in history to win the Super Bowl MVP. Now, here was the one that got me. At first, I saw kick and punt, and I thought to myself, wow, there's been a kicker or a punter who who was the NFL MVP? That That's amazing. I need to know who that is. And then I looked a little closer, and I looked at the stat, and I said, oh, wait, I read that incorrectly. Kick returner or punt returner. There's been one kick or punt returner who has won the Super Bowl MVP, and I have a really good idea who that is. But again, we're not going to talk about some of these players, even though I know who some of these guys are. They will come up later. We will be able to get back to them and their accomplishments and those statistics that we love so much to discuss here. But when we get to these positions and the amount of MVPs per position, 31 quarterbacks have won the MVP in the NFL Super Bowl. That says so much about how the quarterback position is valued, but it says so little about how we view the other players out that have to help that guy do that job. There are no offensive linemen that have ever won Super Bowl MVP. And I can guarantee there are a few offensive linemen who deserve to be in the discussion throughout history. So let's get to it. As we look, we start to look at those MVPs and it's like 31 quarterbacks, seven receivers, seven running backs, one, one cornerback. Okay. One defensive tackle. Wow. That's all right. That's crazy. So let's just think about the multiple time winners of the Super Bowl MVP, multiple time winners. Now I'm just going to go straight off the limb and say it. I'm going to tell you guys straight off the bat. Every one of these players are quarterbacks. Every one of these players are quarterbacks. In fact, in fact, they account for 14 MVPs altogether. These multiple winners, they account for 14 MVPs altogether of 55. 31 of them are quarterbacks and 14 are right in front of me. Let me give you those names. Eli Manning. Terry Bradshaw and Bart Starr each have two Super Bowl MVPs as quarterbacks. Joe Montana has three Super Bowl MVPs. And Tom Brady, as of literally two days ago, now has five Super Bowl MVPs. Five Super Bowl MVPs for Tom Brady. Three Super Bowl MVP, MVPs for Joe Montana. And two Super Bowl MVPs for Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, and Eli Manning. Now, when you really stop and you think about 14 of 31 belong to five guys. 31 of 55 belong to quarterbacks. I don't really see that changing anytime soon. However... I think that there could be a chance there are a couple of defensive guys, defensive guys in the future who really start taking over that MVP spot, especially in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I've been watching Super Bowls quite often in my lifetime. And it's usually to me, 
a defender who is making some of these huge plays, whether it's an interception, a sack. Oh, it was incredible amounts of defensive pressure this Super Bowl. But um, I think that defense or defenders are going to get a little bit more due. They're going to get a little more credit as time goes. But so as we got to talking about those multiple MVPs and uh, all the different people who built up to that, the guys, or excuse me, the way the leagues have been able to, <laughs> I apologize, the way the teams have been able to acquire these trophies and accrue the statistics as organizations in the league. Something interesting I found when it came to the MVPs still. So there was one guy, there was one guy on one team, right? We were, I was looking at the teams, the teams, who had the most team MVPs? And then I'm like, wait, the winner gets to choose their MVP, right? The, the winning team gets an MVP? Well, except for one time. There was one time, it was uh, Cowboys versus Colts, in fact, where the Colts won, but the Cowboys had the MVP on their team. And then there was another game where the Cowboys won, but they had two MVPs. In fact, it was the first time a defensive tackle or defensive lineman was named MVP, and it was a defensive lineman and a defensive end. So that gave them two, plus the one that they got, even though they lost, giving them the most team MVPs at seven total MVPs, although the Cowboys only have five championships. Just making sure we're on the same page here. So, again, this is not one of those episodes where we'll be talking too much about player statistics, but organization statistics towards the Super Bowl. We don't get to really look, I guess, at the, the structure that the game or, or, you know, the structure of these organizations. We don't really consider how does that come to be, right? How is it you have a team and the team has all these accolades when you have all these players and some of those players get no accolades at all. Well, here's how. These are team sports. You collectively put in your effort and it gets the name that is on the front of your jersey to a certain level of popularity and or status. And that's not a bad thing. That's simply how this works. And I, for one, have absolutely no problem saying that the New England Patriots have, are tied at least, for the most Super Bowl championships. I have absolutely no problem noting that there are teams who have made the Super Bowl However, they have not won. That does not mean they will not. That does not mean I dislike any team. That does not mean because of a team I like is on the top that I'm going to talk about them more. What we're going to do is we're going to bring all of that information about all of these organizations throughout the Super Bowl to this episode. And that's what I tried to do. That's what we did here today. Now, if you didn't watch the Super Bowl, if you're not a football fan, you're not a Super Bowl fan, a big game fan, I understand. I understand. I am one of those people where I like things that bring high levels of energy. And um, with that being said, I enjoy talking about this. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for giving me your energy, 
um, in silence or in the comments or in the emails or by simply viewing and or playing back any of my lives or any of my uh, episodes from previous times. For all of those who are still around watching, thank you. Take care of yourself. Take care of those around you. Take care of those you love, of course. For those who are going to listen to the playback, I appreciate you as well. Take care of yourself. And this will be the end of our If Numbers Could Talk, the only big game episode. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one.